we are so blessed to be seated in the heavenly places in Christ. We're in Jesus. That's a position that I have. It's not a theory. It's not how far off, something that might happen in the future, but it's my now moment because I'm born anew into the kingdom. I'm born from above. I'm born again. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world. I thank you and I give you praise and glory and honor tonight that I am allowed to be one that speaks for you. I thank you for the fivefold ministry. I thank you for apostles and prophets and evangelists and uh, pastors and teachers. I thank you for the gifts that have been given to the body of Yeshua to grow us all up and to bring us all from, as our apostle has been teaching, to bring us from Technon to Weos. Weos. And I am so in love with you. Hmm. You know, you're it for me. You're the standard for me. I choose you as the first and foremost lover of my life, of my soul, of my whole being. You chose me first. <laughs> Tonight, we incline our ears to hear from you. We incline our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say as we embark upon these amazing and wonderful kingdom conversations. I know that they're intimate moments with you. Capture the breath. Capture the heart of those that listen in. Capture their attention. Wherever they happen to be in life today, capture them in the place of their need. Capture them in the place of their passion. Capture them in the place of needing direction. Wherever we happen to be, let yourself be known to us all as the one that has the solutions to every issue. I pray for marriages. I've had people in my heart, and, and so I pray for the marriages. I pray for husbands. I pray for um, wives. I pray for their households, and that, that they not recapture whatever it is that first attracted them one to another, but that they each enter in to the assignment that you've given their marriage to enter into the joy of the Lord and to be able to move and live and breathe together, walking in unity, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, hand in hand, striving with a single mind, contending for the things of the kingdom of God. I speak blessings over the marriages in our household. I speak blessings over men and women that I have met across the years, husbands and wives that are still together, but they're struggling because of the flesh. I pray that those that know you will yield to your voice and, and receive the blessings that you have for their households. And I pray for those that are single, that they don't act desperate and that they just trust you and flourish in the places where we already are. Because you have so much for us and we are not going to miss out on a thing as we trust you. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for that word, Holy Spirit. You just released that to us right now. You're not going to miss out on anything. If you just listen and follow and love right where you are, I pray that the crust, the hardness, that we shed those snake skins never to return to that way of living or thinking or moving or being. And I thank you for your passion on our behalf. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. And amen. So I, um, I know I spoke some things that, 
I said we were going to continue, but that's kind of up to the producer to bring those things to um, back to my remembrance. Sometimes I rewatch the programs and I write things down, and sometimes I don't. And I didn't. So I know that there were some things, and if some of you recall that, that's great. But I want to kind of catch us up. I'm getting little by little, I'm able to start talking about the things that matter the most to me right now. And that's this life that we have in the kingdom of God. I'm hearing a lot of people preach about the kingdom of God, but and I think that's great. I would, I would like to also talk about life in the kingdom or from living from the kingdom, not just always trying to attain it. Many times I'll, I'll hear people talk about the kingdom and they talk about it like it's a separate thing from us, but it's not. I hear them say, you know, this is what you're supposed to do in the kingdom, and I've said that stuff myself, but I'd like to kind of take the word supposed to, the word supposed to out and say this is what we do. Because it starts making the whole concept of transformation the reality of our lives instead of speculating about the possibilities of it. Too often we still live, I, I see it all the time, we live from the flesh. And it doesn't profit us, it doesn't move us forward, it doesn't, it doesn't take us to the places that he has in store for us. I keep hearing the Spirit of the Lord and I keep, ever since I had that encounter with the heart of God, in a tangible way, I, something has changed in me. Things that were hard, encrusted, are breaking all the more. Because you touch the heart of God or the heart of God touches you and you just ruined for wanting to press on in ignorance. Okay, one of the things, yes, um, uh, Crystal, that's one of the, the things, but I think there was something that I ended with last week and said we'll continue, but I think we're continuing anyway. So we're talking about life in the kingdom. And Sunday I posted a challenge. I believe it was Sunday when I posted a challenge and I said, um, I dare you, challenge you, to think about living your life as though the kingdom were the reality. Anybody recall me saying that? Mm -hmm. Okay. The reality of your life is the kingdom and that you don't have another reality. That you don't have the option, if you will. You remove yourself from the option of living like the rest of the world. Well, when you think about that, you think, well, this is going to be a lot of work because I have to change my whole vocabulary. And I'm going to have to change my whole way of doing this, and I have to change this, and I have to change that, right? Anybody? Yes. Well, isn't that awesome? All you got to do is change your mind. Take on the mind of Christ, because it's all embedded in there. Anyone ever buy a bundle of anything, a, 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 a phone bundle or some kind of electronic device bundle, or you buy online, they say, today only, you know, for $99, you get the bundle, and in the bundle, you get this and this, and you get all the bells and the whistles and so forth. So you buy the bundle, and you don't know what you got, because all you were really interested in was the main thing, and the bundle was just all the ads, the add-ons, 
or the add-ins. But because you weren't particularly interested in it, I, and I've done this so many times, I would go looking for software to help me do something that I already have software to help me do. Because I have a bundle of, of a certain type of, of software that allows me to create uh, PDFs and allows me to do things with audio and allows me to do things with video and graphics and so forth. It's all in there. I've got like, what is it, 10, probably 10 programs in this one little cloud, right? And I cannot tell you the number of times as, as I was learning, when I was first learning how to, <laughs> I know how to do some technical stuff. Check it out. That's what Christina said. Check this out. I actually know, cutie pie me, knows how to take raw data, an MP4 type of thing, and, and how to change it so that you can burn it on a DVD. And everybody thinks, well, that's easy, right? All you do is put your DVD in and burn. Yes, I, those are called coasters. <laughs> After you take MP4 and just put it into your regular little thing and say burn disc, you have a coaster. What you don't have is video on the DVD because it doesn't work. There's some conversation that has to be done. There are some things you have to do with files. There's some, you have to determine the region for which you're creating this thing. You have to create a separate file for sound and you gotta do this and you gotta do this. And I actually know how to do that. But I have a lot of coasters <laughs> because it took it was a process that I had to do. Now, here's the thing. When I was first learning how to do it, I was trying to find software to tell me how to create this part, how to do this, how to do this, how to do this. And finally, I went on some site, and it said you can use all of the things in this one cloud. And I thought, I have that. I had everything that I needed to do something different but I didn't know what I had because I was only interested in the one thing I bought the whole thing for. And so it is that we in the kingdom don't sometimes know we're in the kingdom. About us to say I'm in the kingdom. But you don't know what the kingdom life is and you don't know what your advantages are in the kingdom and you don't know what kind of power you have and you don't know what kind of authority you have and you don't know what kind of electric bolts shoot out of you. Because you don't know this part of the kingdom. And it's like, is this, this is this moving from the technon, the son, which is John 1.12, which we talked about on Sunday a little bit, that to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God, to as many as believed upon his name. All right? So you know about that. But what we don't necessarily understand is how we become, as the Bible says that Jesus became, he is the son. And that we are being adopted into that same sonship. I believe it's in Galatians that I'm, I'm looking for. Because I'm just going to kind of um, pop around here and there in, until we uh, get into the groove of the thing, okay? All right. Um, yes, it's okay. <laughs> um, here in him a beloved son, okay? And he's referring to him as a technon, okay? Timothy, you are a beloved son, um, Grace and mercy and peace, and that word technon, a child, a or son or a daughter, okay, um, somebody that is brought forth. It's it's they call it it's an intimate relationship formed between us by the bonds of love, friendship, and trust, and it's affectionate. So we are children of God. So it's really 
Sometimes you may see a vision of yourself or you see something about yourself in the heavenly places and you look just like, I can sometimes look at people and see certain things about them and I think, my gosh, you're such a cute little kid. And I see them even in the presence, uh, if I've seen them in, in some of those kind of moments, I see them even in those moments looking like an adorable child, okay? They look like a little kid and they're not in that moment with the father and it's not a sin, by the way, to be a child, okay? Don't, don't, don't take it that way. But what we are saying is that you're not going to be able to move into the, the fullness of what you've been called to as long as you stay a baby. The Bible talks about sound is but we'll work it out okay that you're still a babe and you, you're one that still requires um, milk you can't take strong meat so you've heard that um, here it is in, in Hebrews 513 it says everyone who partakes um, of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe and that word is nepios which is a child childish not um, not moving forward in the things that, that, the, that the father has for them to walk in, okay? Are you with me? Mm -hmm. All right. And I, I need the people that are watching online, if our sound is suddenly faded, because we're having to work with speakers, you can't see, uh, but there's a lot of folks in here that are really working to try to maintain a high quality uh, standard. So if my voice fades, you need to let us know that and we'll, we'll take care of it, okay? Um, but at, at any rate, what? let Crystal know, not me, okay. <laughs> um, or Leslie. Leslie is the other one. And by the way, let me say thank you to the production team that we have tonight. I'll just interrupt myself for that. I want to thank the team of Crystal, Leslie, Carissa, and Alicia, because these are four fierce women that are doing their thing. Okay, we've got others that are over here that are maintaining. Rodney is doing quality control, <laughs> and Christina is, is also troubleshooting to make sure everything on the set is done. So everybody works here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I, I do though. I, I'm grateful for the faithful, and I'm grateful for those of you that are online that that continue to promote us and and to help us to get better. And um, so I just want you all to know that too. Okay, the other scripture that I'm looking for, I was trying to find one where it is the word uh, weos. And so here's um, where he's just talking to us as Christ as a son. Okay. Christ as a son, as a mature son of God, as one that, that has grown up into the things of the kingdom and has moved into the, the will of the Father to do things the way that heaven wants them done. Jesus came thinking, that, uh, thinking the way that he was supposed to think, thinking that uh, the, according to the kingdom. Galatians 4, it says, You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And this is, the, this is we us. You are a mature son. You are legitimate. You are um, after the likeness of your father. You are a descendant. You are strong, a, a follower, a pupil, one that, that has grown up in the thing. So that's that we us that we were talking about. You are an heir of God through Christ. So this is walking in the inheritance, in the heir. Um, the Bible tells you in one place that when a child, when a son, and one that is inherited but is a child, then they have others that have to do things for them. But then when they are fully grown, then they can move into sonship. They move into the inheritance that they have. 
And so, so many of us come in to the kingdom of God or we come into the church or whatever it is that, that we call ourselves coming into, but we don't come into maturity. We still have to have somebody else pray for us. You're never too beyond to have someone pray for you. But there is a difference between calling on someone to come into agreement with what you're praying and getting somebody to always lead it because you don't know how to pray for yourself and you don't know how to pray for anybody else because you always have need of somebody to take care of you. That is a child. All right? That is a child. Growing up at the age of three, three and a half or whatever it was when we embarked upon life as mother and daughter, I did, mother and daughter together, uh, just the two of us are going to kind of step our little theme song and our little TV show. She had to carry a laundry basket. There she was. She wasn't very tall. She was less, uh, about as tall as this. And the laundry basket was bigger than her whole little body. And I can still see her little skinny. Be my wire, but we're just going to press on, okay? Um, we could see those. We could see those tiny little legs and those little jelly shoes, and she's holding this basket, and she's having to walk with the laundry basket. Her back is kind of tilted, and she's walking like this, carrying a laundry basket, because from the apartment that we lived in to where the laundry room was was a couple of buildings over. And so she had to carry a laundry basket. We didn't have a wagon. So she carried the basket, because they were her clothes just like they were my clothes. And so even as a child, she had to start learning. Why? Because the job of the parent is to teach you from childhood how to become an adult. It is how to become mature. It's not to keep you the same. Oh, my precious little baby, let me do everything for you. Let me still do everything for you. And as you get older, I still do. No, she knows how to cook because she gave up waiting on me. Uh, I worked, I had like a 10 to 12 hour day, including the commute to and from the job that I had picking her up from after school care, then we would get home around 8 o'clock in the evening. And sometimes, you know, dinner was always late. And some days I was just so zonked that I would just sit in the chair with my eyes closed. And the daughter, my child, would stand there and look at me. I could feel her little, her little big, big eyes looking at me, but I didn't care. And she's staring at me, and then she would tilt her head. Then I heard the refrigerator. This is one particular night. I heard the refrigerator door open. And I heard drawers opening, and then she comes back, and I hear her little voice, would you open this for me? And there she is with a jar of pudding or some, uh, some kind of something that was in the refrigerator. And I opened it for her, and she says, thank you. I heard her get her little spoon, claw, crawl up onto the, the stool, and sit down and eat. I said, hey, I, I know her name, but I'm not mentioning it tonight. I said, do you want me to buy a lot of that kind of stuff for you so that you can just, Fix yourself something to eat, little carrots, little celery, little this, little that. She says, yes. And from that night on, the young lady began to grow into, I'm going to cook. Because if I got to wait on her to eat, I may not get to. Okay? And I would, oh my gosh, I, I apologize to you, child, for all the boxed macaroni and cheese that you used to have to eat. And I would make this stuff and throw stuff in, and she'd come up and she'd say, Mom, I need meat. Okay. All right. <laughs> Then we'll buy a little packaged meats, you know. And I cooked for her too. But what happened is, is that as we started growing together, she was able to express what she needed to continue to grow. And I would listen to what she was saying because, frankly, 
I didn't want to take care of her as a baby for the rest of her life. She was of no help to me. You've heard my mother say that. Well, I'm, I'm a witness and I'm a test case, okay? We, uh, she started really liking us when I knew how to wash dishes when they were able to pull my chair up to the, to, to the, um, to the sink because we only had single sinks. And I was the dishwasher. And I would wash the dishes. And I grew to love washing dishes. I tried to iron for a while, but it got steamy and then I'd get distracted. And they wouldn't let me after, you know, <laughs> those brown triangles that kept showing up on people's clothes. It was like, no, this is not your, this is not your thing. It's like, okay, the, you iron. In fact, even when I was married, he ironed, I washed dishes. Because he could iron. He was military trained. He could iron. I washed dishes. He could, you know, do all that stuff. I had no, it's like, there's no reason for both of us to know. You know how to do it. You handle it. I'm okay with that. You got a standard. You'll meet it. And I can work with that, okay? If it's just me, after, after we were no longer married, my standards have, <laughs> except that he taught our daughter what to do. So if I need all that, I just go see her because she's trained. See, she's grown, fully grown in that. And I can, I can take, take from it. So we trade off on, on each other's things. But you get the gist of what I'm saying. You come, you come into the kingdom of God and the whole point and the concept of it is that you are to grow, not stay the same. And many of us are still the same. You still, the Lord is still working with me on that. And it's like, you've been saved 20 years and he is still working with you. No, he's not. You have never worked it. Okay. You have never moved away from the belief that you had to change, let alone could change. Okay. And that the change is necessary in order for you to get your promises. So many people sit there and say, well, God is not, I mean, I, he said that this is going to happen for me. And he had this for me and he has this for me. And, and I've been waiting all these years and it hasn't happened. And, and I want to say, and we're having the exact same conversation all these years later. And you're still saying exactly the same things. And you haven't changed anything about you in this area. You're still sitting here waiting on a blessing from God like somebody is waiting for a bus. And not only are you waiting for a bus, you're waiting for a bus in a train station where the bus does not come. You understand what I mean? You're sitting here waiting for something when God has said, what I have for you is not at this, this, this point, it's further along the road, further along your growth path, further along your maturity, your willingness. Uh, it's simple things. I was telling Crystal the other day, I said, you know, I, I have... I really want to talk about and sometimes it feels like I'm stuck always having to talk about the things I'm about to mention right now okay I'll keep having to talk about unforgiveness I have to keep talking about rebellion I have to keep talking about stubbornness and 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 all that stuff why because people keep holding on to it God says, I want to move you forward. And you say, and, and he says, so you need to release this individual. Well, I will release them when they apologize. They can apologize from now until uh, Jesus comes for them personally. And their apology will never be good enough. Because we people, many times, if you guys need me to hold a handheld or you need to switch this out, we can do that. Okay, because I'm kind of getting the feeling it might be my wire. But otherwise, we'll just keep booming and we'll be all right. Okay? Um, at any rate, here's the problem. He says, I have 
So I, I want to move you into an arena. I want to move you into a place where you are going to, um, just give me the handheld while, while you're doing it. I want to move you into a place where you're going to be before many people. Okay, and you say, all right, that's pretty cool. Hold on, y'all. We're going to have technical, a little technical thing, but I'm not going to forget what I'm saying. So he says, I want to move you. I want to move you into a place where you're going to be before many people. And you think, wow, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm going to be before many people. But you never get there. And the reason that you don't get there, you might have had a time or two where you were in front of a group of people, but then suddenly nothing happens anymore. And the reason that it doesn't happen is because you still have that little, um, what do you call it, that, uh, I can't forget what this person did. I'm happy, okay. I'm happy with working with this group of people. And I'm happy, Thank you, darling. Okay. I'm happy working with this group of people. I'm happy working with that group of people. But what I'm not okay with, oh, she said, okay. Y'all just get to see, if you were here, you would see all the behind the scenes activity. And um, say hi to St. Louis. Go ahead, St. Louis, wave. That's St. Louis, okay. He was up here. Okay. Are we all right with this? Yeah. All right. All I need is a keyboard. <laughs> Funny all the ballots I start thinking about now. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. We, we don't have to switch it out. I'll just stay like this. If y'all have questions, you have to yell. Okay. <laughs> um, he wants to move me forward, but I'm too busy still remembering what somebody did. Do you remember the top the the, the Bible tells a story very clearly about a man that had, um, he was forgiven for much. He, he owed um, a, a lot of debt, right? And he was told by his master, you owe a big debt. And he says, if you would only forgive me because I don't have enough money to pay this. It's a, it, I, I, you know, I'm never going to be able to, to pay this thing. And he said, the master said, okay, then I will forgive you. I will forgive you this. And... Um, Where's that one? If you find it, you know the one I'm talking about. And he was forgiven what we call like a million dollar debt. And then he goes out and he sees somebody that owed him basically uh, $100. I don't know what the actual amounts were and I, I, it doesn't matter. But he was told by the same, the person said to him the exact same thing. He said, I don't have uh, what, what you need and um, if you would only forgive me, here it is, it's in Matthew 18. So it's the story of the servant, and he says, it's the parable of the unforgiving servant. Peter came and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, this is Matthew chapter 18, I'm starting with verse 21. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And I see he said, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70. Let me tell you what it's like in the kingdom. In the kingdom, it's like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. 
But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. In other words, the master said, because of this, I'm going to inflict upon you the ways of the world. This is the way things are done in the secular society. This is the way things are done in the world. You are not forgiven for your debts. You are thrown into debtor's prison. You are treated as a criminal. You are treated, um, you, you, there's no mercy given to you regardless of your story. And the man, servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. He asked for mercy, for clemency, for a pardon. And verse 27, this is in the master, that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now, compassion is of the kingdom. Even though the world talks about we have this compassion and that compassion, you do true compassion. Compassion is a product of the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I couldn't even begin to tell you how to say this Greek word. But it says to have the bowels yearn to feel sympathy, to pity, to be moved, to be moved with compassion, compassion to be, to be brought to the place that the plight of the other individual has so moved on you. You don't want to see this individual weighed down with this debt. That's what happened. And so he said, he released him, okay? That word there is in the Greek word, it's the word loose, apoluo. And so what he did is... He said, the burden has been removed from you. It's been discharged. You have been di divorced from it. You can depart from it. It's no longer a part of you. And he forgave him. There are the three things. Because of the compassion of the king, because of the compassion of Christ, he moved, the love that he had for us so moved that he moved to loose us, to remove us from the from the from the debt of sin, to completely wipe it out. And then on top of everything else, it says he forgave him the debt. Now he's already been loosed. He's already been free. But this is to, to, to pardon, to dismiss, to send the debt away. Not only have I loosed you from the burden of owing me, I have loosed you from the, bur the debt from you completely. You owe me nothing. It's as if you never even incurred the debt. This is Matthew chapter 18. And so I'm reading in verse 27. So the, you see, the, this is the kingdom. He said the kingdom, we're thinking it's all about the forgiveness, and it is. But he's telling you the, the way it happens is in the kingdom. This is what takes place. You are moved with compassion. You are moved with compassion. You are moved to want this person to be released, this individual that has done this crime against you, that owes you. You want them discharged from this, and you want the slate so clean that nobody pointing to them can say, this is the harm that they have done you. No, it has been wiped out completely. Okay? That's what he was given. So the debt was discharged. Now, that's what has happened to each of us. But what the kingdom, he says, when you freely you have received, what are you supposed to do? Give it freely. Not charge for it. 
not charge for. What am I talking about? The principles of the kingdom. You don't charge for those. We don't charge. Well, I'm not talking about your, uh, your gifts and, your, and the work that you do and, and the things that you do in your business. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that you never paid a dime for. That somebody else paid for and provided for you. And he says, you have received everything, every pardon that you have received in the kingdom. You got that free. Free of charge. It was free to you. But it cost me. Okay? And so, the servant went out. And he found one and he went looking. He did not just go out. You know, the way some, I've heard it told, it's like, la, 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 la. Hey, I know you. That's not what happened. He went on a hunt. The servant went out and found See, you wouldn't find unless you were looking. He found one of his fellow servants. Found somebody at the same level <laughs> that he was. That word found, it says that it, it, it implies he meets with, detects, discovers, goes after. Okay. He perceived, he sought, and he saw him. And he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took by the throat. And he said, pay me what you owe. Well, you already know that the world is still in him. You know that he had a taste of the kingdom, but that he didn't get changed by what he tasted. You know that he never let go of the way that he was to take on something different. You can see all this here. And you can see that he still lived for himself. And that what the master did only had value for as long as it took to get it. But after that, it did not matter. He was not changed by compassion. He was not changed by mercy. He was not changed by the, by the qualities of the kingdom. He became a participant of it, and he became a recipient of the grace of the kingdom of God. But he did not change. This is not yet. This is the problem. This is the immaturity. This is the place where many people, and I, even folks well over 21, all right, still have this problem that what God does for you is what God does for you, but what you do for others is not necessarily what God would do. And not necessarily pleased with God if he gives somebody else the same pardon that you get. Is it hitting home? Yeah. Okay. So here he said, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. He did not say, discharge me from the debt. He said, you, I'm saying to you the same thing that you said to the master. The same master. And I'm asking you to give me the same thing. Not grab me by the throat. Not put me on, on, on blast. Not uh, treat me like I am a criminal. Not put me through the same thing you just went through. Not put me on the outside. Okay? This is what a child does. He wouldn't do it. But he went and he threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. I've always wondered, how you going to throw somebody in debtor's prison? How do they, what do they do? They work off the debt? Because they're not really in a position to earn anything. At least not in terms of what they typically earn. But this is what he did. And his master, so when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved. And they came and they told their master all that had been done. Now that word fellow servants, those that moved with him, ministers of the same master, people that are a part of the same thing. 
ones that serve a walk alongside your colleagues or one who is Christ's servant in, in, in the gospel, they say in publishing the gospel, who with others acknowledges the same Lord and obeys his command. They're saying this is out of alignment with what we're called to do. It's not tattling for the sake of tattling. It's moving with being moved with compassion to see that this is not the kingdom way. And I think of it as being a minister saying, Father, I'm bringing these people before you, not for them to be thrown into prison, not for them to be um, destroyed, but to bring this there to say, how can we, what can we do to loose them? I watch people walk in bitterness. I watch people walk in unforgiveness. I watch people wrestle with the idea that God would expect them to do what he has done. And I, I see it bringing destruction to our own lives regardless of what the other person did, regardless of what we uh, accuse the person of doing, perceive the person doing, what the person actually did. I don't think there's anybody on, on, in, in most of society that has not experienced evil at the hand of, an other, of another. Um, you know this is true of rapes. You know this is true of molestation. You know this is true of robbery. You know most of the time, though, most of the time it's just something somebody said. It's a breakup. It's a... Divorce, oh my, some of the things that are said, the, the struggle, the fight for their children, when their children cease and desist, or even the family dog or house, ceases to become um, a value, becomes instead an object to be won. And they will fight, and they will, they will custody battles, and, and over property, and over the amount of money, people that argue over money, they turn into whatever it is that they have given themselves to. And so if you have become poverty stricken, if you in your mind, if you're greedy, if you're any of those things, then you will begin to manifest the spirit that you allow to lead you. And much of that, any of that, where do these fights come from? James asked us, where does this stuff come from? It comes from an evil place. It does not come from the kingdom. It's not to be found in the kingdom. He showed you there's compassion in the kingdom. There is uh, patience in the kingdom if you will there is forgiveness in the kingdom there is a discharge of debt in the kingdom and it may sound to some like that means that the kingdom is irresponsible no it doesn't mean that at all it means that there is another way it means that that the king has has created a way for the debts to be paid and for all who choose to be changed so that we never again engage in the behavior or engage in the life. We grow up into sons. Why? Because the objective is to get you to get your inheritance. Is to let the blessings that have been promised to you to be released to you. Instead of you sitting there always waiting on the promise. I'm still standing on the promises of God. Or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing because you haven't moved to grow. Am I connecting for you? Okay, well, you have a question. I don't know how we're going to go on over there because then you, you can be heard. Um, okay. Okay. Is this connecting for anybody? Yes. I'm so glad. This one? Yes, sir. Just go ahead and talk. You don't have to touch it. Uh, the word is apaluo. Apaluo. Uh, uh, but uh, is it possible? Because the man, number one, wasn't saved. Is right. it possible that he didn't understand that forgive that type of forgiveness and uh, wasn't able to in himself in his own state of being 
not be able to forgive like that and just operate the way that he was before he was forgiven? Yes, that is possible. However, here's the thing. He had the power of choice. That's true. Okay. And what Yeshua was telling us, that's why I said pay attention to what the king did. Because what he was telling you is this is what the kingdom is like. And this is what you can expect. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is not like the servant. The kingdom of God is like the master. This is what the master will release. But those that want, that, that are ascribed, they act, in, when you're in the kingdom, you're still acting like that unforgiving servant. So yeah, I think that your question is, 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 is spot on. The difference is that this story was told prior to sons, the time to become sons of God. And so now that we have become sons of God, this behavior that we would look at and say, just what you did, yes, I have compassion on him, but when I am that person, I am not supposed to act like the servant. I'm supposed to act like the master. Hmm. Because otherwise I don't grow. Right. So yeah, thank you for that. I like that. Does everybody understand what we're saying? You, get, you can't use the excuse that you're this, like this person anymore. Not when you have access to the same mind. And not when you have access to the same power that the master expressed because it's been given to you. Yes. So the master originally... You're going to have to speak up loud. So the master originally that um, uh, the king that forgave the first guy. Okay, so I, when I when I saw that, well, I guess this, this might be a twofold question. But the first thing is, if the king forgave, it doesn't really leave him a deficit. Even though the um, the servant owed him a million dollars, the king had probably trillion gazillion gazillion dollars, so it wouldn't have left him a deficit. But for the guy that where he owed him, <laughs> and he was still supposed. I don't know if he was still supposed to pay the king back or he, I guess he was forgiven completely, but it would have probably left a deficit for him because he didn't have it in the first place. So then, and then in terms of that, like, um, and then, so that's like the first part. The second part is, is I guess, you know, forgiveness is forgiveness. However, if there are certain cases, like even where you extend that forgiveness, and you even you don't even know how, but you still extend it, and it doesn't really change the situation or the person's you know whatever they're doing. Then I guess then then would it still be unforgiveness if you just kind of move on? Your objective is not to change the other person. Your objective is to grow. Mm -hmm. What happens, and when you're bringing up the part about what the one servant couldn't afford? No, what he could not afford was not to forgive, because you see the end of the story. He ended up getting the very punishment that he didn't want. The master delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And Yeshua said, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So even in the time when they were yet to be born from above, he's telling them, You're, I'm preparing you to come into the kingdom. And so people are going to do things that you are not going to like. That is none of your business any more than it is their business when you do things they don't like. You see, what we do when we're trying to stay according to the ways of the world is we justify our behavior according to the behavior of others. But a son, a mature son, says this is how they behave, but it's not going to stop me from growing. Because as I mature, I'm able to understand these things. And yeah, I'm going to continue on because I'm on my journey. 
to grow up into all things into Christ. This is Ephesians 4, that the gifts that have been given to the body have been given for the maturity of the saints. But the saints keep arguing. I don't want to grow up because that boy, that girl, that child, that man, that woman, that person, you know, you don't know what they did to me. And it's like you live in that place and that's why the blessings don't come. Because you have a command that completely wipes out all of your reasoning. He said, my father said, forgive. And you say, well, it's not, not you. But, you know, you say, well, yes, but these are the extenuating circumstances. Jesus said, in the kingdom, there are no extenuating circumstances. Mature son says, and I accept that, I forgive, and I keep going. The child, this is our choice, the child still reasons it out and goes, yeah, well, what about this? And what about this? And this person still did this to me and you don't know. And I, I just don't think it's fair and I don't think it's right. And it's like, do you hear how you're whining? And do you hear your temper tantrum? It is not a temper tantrum. Right. But I'm going to leave you to stew in it. Because it's not my job, whoever we are, it's not my job to make you repent. It's not my job to change the way you think. My job is to love you. And I love you even as I say bye. Okay? You're not getting in the car. Because you're not, you don't want to go on this trip. Apostle Baker shares a story. Uh, is that helping you? Does that answer it? Yeah, that helps. So I guess that's why we're here and that's why we read the word to be able to have the capacity to whatever goes on out in the world as we go, you know, in ministry or whatever, you know. I think most people want to forgive that really know the word of God but maybe just don't know how or have the capacity. Because it's not knowing the word of God in the logos. It is knowing the word of God in the spirit of who he is. Okay? As always, it's a spirit-to-spirit conversation. Okay? You can actually change that to just say spirit-to-spirit conversation. You see, some folks know so much, they know just enough to stay in trouble, which means they don't know nothing. You just walk on over. Okay, are you understanding what I'm saying? It's, it's because you have a, a mature son ceases and desists from living life based upon what other people do. <laughs> That's the big hang up. When you don't know what they did, I don't actually care. It, it, it really is, it, it, it is, it's irrelevant. I, because I am not, here's why, because my decision based on what this one did and that one did and them folks over there said about me and so forth. You know what I've decided? I am not a victim, so I'm going to keep going. Yes, they did this to me. Yes, I got scarred by this. Yes, I got robbed by this. Yes, I was raped by this one. Yes, this happened to me. Yes, that, oh my God. I could go on the, the whole hashtag crap if I wanted to, and I do. That's hashtag C-R-A-P, junk, okay? Or J-U-N-K, forgive me, because I don't want to be crass. It's, it's, it's garbage to me because it's still based upon, it's changing my life based upon what somebody did in the past which prohibits me from moving forward into my destiny. I'm not going to let that happen. Yes, ma'am. So in the story of, of the compassion that the master gave mm -hmm. uh, extended to the servant, um, so... He says that all your debts, everything is wiped away. So in the forgiveness, what I'm getting, because I was sitting there, 
and something came to me with my childhood and I was like, wow, it's like in forgiveness, there's no memory of what what transpired. No. There's because he said he said it was loose, so it's wiped away. So it's like in like he says that I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, I want you to forgive that person. You do not keep any memory of that. Yeah. And that I want you to I want you to do unto them as I have done to you. What was freely you have received. So what the forgiveness that you have mm -hmm. comes from God. The, the, the ability to forgive anybody for anything has to come from God. Because otherwise you struggle. Oh, I forgive them. I cannot believe they did that. They're forgiven. My God, I can't believe somebody <laughs> did something like that. You know, but I forgive you. Every time I look at you, I still think about what you did. But I'm, I'm going to forgive you. So every time I see you, I have to forgive you. Why? Because I'm trying to forgive you in my own strength, and I ain't got the strength. I'd like to slap the snot out of you. I swear I would. Just once. And then, you know, after I hit you, maybe a few times and just beat you down, then I could probably forgive you. Except that the next time I saw you, I just got so mad. Because I'm carrying the history of something that should be, that God is not. That I don't want God. Every time he, no. Every time you ask me for something, all I can think about is what you did to me. And he doesn't do that. He does that not do that. Even when it, in the scripture said he gave them over to the tormentors. Okay. He gave him over wow. to the tormentors. He did not. God, he said, well, he, he just harassed him and took him through it. No, no, no. He said, the master said, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Okay. He said, you wicked servant. Now he used the word wicked. This is evil, malicious, malignant. You are not behaving like I have given you. See, when he forgave him, when he released him, when he took it into his own bowels and he yearned for him. And he said, I don't even, I, I don't even want you to have the worry of this thing. That's what he was saying. I, I want the worry of the fact here you said, I will give me time and I will pay you. But what it said, I forgave you. I released you from even the stress of trying to figure out how you're going to pay me back. I have taken it away from you completely. I have taken it away from you completely. And to answer you, he's a servant. He's getting paid, else he wouldn't owe anything, okay? So, no, this person that owed him whatever the biggest debt he had was to the master. He got released from that. He didn't need that hundred, okay? He could get that back. So no, that's the reasoning of, that's why he said, Jesus is saying, you see, I'm showing you two different ways of thinking. I'm showing you what happens from the kingdom, and I'm showing you how the world responds to it. So if you continue to act this way, you are not represented. The Father says, forgive. And he just showed you what, uh, 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 he showed you a massive debt. And he showed you the largesse, the bigness of him and his ability to forgive. And then, he, go ahead. And then he said, I'm not, y'all just step up to it when you need to, okay? Because we have provoked a conversation. All right? And um, I want to go somewhere else, too, so let's wind this one down. But okay. see what I mean about a biggie? Forgiveness? We didn't even get to bitterness yet. Okay. Go ahead. So, so kind, I guess kind of my a rebuttal to the que previous question that I asked is in, in order for us to be able to 
to forgive like the master forgave, we have to experientially understand and receive the forgiveness of the Father. Yes, you do. So we, so we, have, to, we have to put ourselves in the Father's place and receive the forgiveness in order to be able to give that, that type of forgiveness. Well, you do that with the mind of Christ. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. showing, like I said, you can't get it on your own. Yeah, you are forgiven. How many times have you told somebody, you're forgiven? Yes, I know I'm forgiven, and I thank you so much for forgiving me, but I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry for what? I'm sorry for what I did to you. What did you do? Well, you know, when I did, you were forgiven. Forgiven, as in forgotten, as in Isaiah what is it, chapter 1, as far as the east is from the west, so shall your sins be from you? Why are you talking to me about this east-west coast thing? Forgiven means you never need to bring this up again. Forgiven it means the slate's been wiped clean. There's no record of your sin. There's no record of it. Do you know, we can tell stories. We tell stories, you know, I, I'll tell stories about things that happened to me or, or things that I, I went through and stuff. But do you know what? I tell the story like you would read it in a book. There's no record of it. There's no record of me as that person that I was because I've been forgiven. Now I'm giving an account of some things that happened, but there's no record. You can't, this one, you can't read about my past and have uh, the spiritual police come and arrest me. Okay, I read a story today about a young woman that they, they don't, haven't found him yet, but in the name of Jesus they will, who had experienced a rape on, when she was a college student, and she reported it, but they didn't do da-da-da-da. But she collected evidence over the years. It's been about seven or eight years. And the person actually even she, they said they raped her and then apologized and then left. And she tried to report it because she was traumatized, et cetera. She went on. She grew up. She did the things she was supposed to do. She didn't let that. She didn't stay in that place where that happened. She kept going, and she was fighting. And the person actually found her on social media and mentioned to her, "So I raped you." And actually said it. So she took it as evidence because that's just stupid. But I'm grateful that people tell on themselves that way. And uh, so now they're actually pursuing it and so forth and so on. And as she said, she's moved past that. She says, but it would be nice to see him prosecuted for what, for what, because of the mockery, because of this and the other. It's, 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 but, but did you see she grew? She graduated. She learned to love. She, she's traveled. She's done this. She's done that and the other. And the way she talked about it, you, what you read, even in the article, it didn't have a whole lot of that victim. She became, she overcame it. And so she says, but yeah, I still want you prosecuted, absolutely. I want you, I want this, that. But I also have to be satisfied. You know, I, I can't set that I want you drawn, courted, castrated, acid, you know, all this other kind of stuff because of what you did to me or because of what you pot potentially have done to others and this and this and this. You don't get to decide the punishment, too. You know, there's a lot of people that are in jail, still in prison, because they some they released that should have stayed, some they've kept that they, that they should have let go because the punishment didn't necessarily fit the crime. There's some crimes, it's like lock them up, throw away the key, pray for them, ask them, let, let, let them by all means get saved, but don't ever let them out. You know, 
before they die, because most of them, they don't want it. They, 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 those, those, the restlessness of those spirits that they live with is always panting at them. But, but my compassion goes out to them, and, and I'm very blessed that, that they have not, their evil has not touched my family, you know? And I understand people, anyone listening to me saying, yeah, it's easy for you to say because it hasn't happened to you. It does not have to happen to me. It happened to you. And that's bad enough as far as I'm concerned. I don't think of it as a separation. Like, well, you know, that happened to those people. So, you know, why should I care? No, I care because it did happen to someone and it should not happen. And that, that's the way that is. That, that's why I can't get into just, and you understand this, in the kingdom. In the kingdom. Say that. In the kingdom. Okay, what I'm about to say is provocative and it's, it's controversial unless you're hearing it from the kingdom. I can't get into, oh, they're killing all the little ethnic children in this neighborhood. This is happening to this group of people, like it happened in Atlanta. Yes, that mattered. But why was it supposedly only one community got upset because it was happening where? To their community. But it has happened over the years in everybody's neighborhood. In everybody's neighborhood. Oh, it's no big deal if, 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 if a serial killer in Sacramento, he's been caught long ago, I think he's still in death row, was only, ki only killing prostitutes. No. Women were being murdered. Well, it doesn't matter if it, it, it happened in the uptown. It wasn't like it was happening over here. No. Children were being taken. It does not matter what the ethnicity or the address is in the kingdom. What matters is that evil came against somebody and stole a life or ruin. This is the way we think in the kingdom. Yes, it absolutely matters that it happened here in this city. Yes, it matters that it happened in that neighborhood. But it matters that it happened anywhere at any time. And when we put a stop to it, we don't put a stop to it because you went against the people that look like me. We put a stop to it because you are evil and vile and it's time for you to come down. That's the difference between the kingdom and the world. The world, it's not that there's not care in the world. It's that it has to be one of your own before it matters. But not in the kingdom. It matters to us because it matters to God. Can you see the difference? Yes. So yes, it's awesome when somebody creates something or does something and they celebrate them, you know, in social media. But I don't celebrate them because of what they look like. I celebrate them because it was just brilliant, amazing, wonderful. Look at this. Look at you, how amazing you are because you're you. I refuse to celebrate you because of your color. Are you kidding? I just reduced you to nothing but skin. There's a whole person living in there that sees things, your brilliance, your ability, your talents. And it doesn't have to do, you didn't get it because of your skin. You got it because of God. Can you see what I mean? That's the same thing. So he's saying, you're going to have to rise above and, and grow up. Get past all this other stuff. Well, you know, in my neighborhood, no, I don't know about your neighborhood. Okay? I don't know about your neighborhood. I don't know. Because that's not how I know you. That's flesh. He wants us to know one another after the Spirit so that we can see what the need is, hear from him, and say, oh, I know what you have need of. And you don't have need of it because, you know, oh, this poor broke, blah, 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 blah. 
Well, you may be broken at the moment, but Jesus is the healer. And I have that power. I carry that power in me. And I'm releasing it to you now. Do you see what I mean? So that's, that's what we're looking at. And that's what he's saying here. So forgiveness. Forgiveness is huge. How big is it to you? Because if you still got a whole lot of that unforgiveness mess, grow up. Now, can you say it? Now, now when we say it that way, can you see nobody's, nobody, uh, can you take it? Because it's all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, you can't tell me I'm a child? Different from you big baby, just grow up. Why don't you just grow up and be a man? Nah, we ain't saying that. I never said that. That was, I, I was saying. Because then we have to get in a fight. You say, well, if, if you were a woman, it's like, well, how dare you? How dare you? Well, you know, there, ain't nobody ever going to win that. That's an echo. How dare you? You, you, you. How dare you? You, you, you. How dare you? You, you. I mean, it's just an echo. It just, you got, each person just says it once, and it just plays back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, no. How about you dare to live the reality of the kingdom and go, whoa, I'm about to be offended because you offended my blackness. <gasps> I even got a hum from Philadelphia. <laughs> she said, mm, you offend, how can I offend you? What is that? I don't even know what that means. It got family. Okay, yeah, we, we all got peoples like that, all right? And then they do that A21, C21, spit on the cup thing. And it's like, well, I didn't know they was related. We related to them too. Well, how'd, how'd that get in here to me? I thought we was pure D, pure D this, pure D that. Where where we get the mix? Oh, strangers in the night, <laughs> but not the morning. <laughs> okay, I don't know how you got it. Because <laughs> when the lights turn out, we don't know nothing. You see, that's the way those things happened. It never mattered. I can't see your skin anyway, so who cares, you know? Right? That's what happened. And then you call him Uncle So-and-so and Cousin, Cousin, Cousin It. You know? <laughs> you know, where'd this strain of the family come from? We thought we were pure. You are. You are. You're pure human. And the humanity is showing left and right, and it's so much fun. <laughs> it's, so much fun. it's so much fun just to be human. Yeah. Okay, uh, to me it is. I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people and seeing the things, you know. Crystal and I were sharing this, uh, uh, we were laughing about this earlier because we were talking about the sameness of us all. The differences are there, but there are some things we have in common that you know bypass, uh, bypass all these other divisions that that we set up we had gone to one of my um um citizens academy fbi citizens academy meetings and uh the 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 presenter that night was a forensic psychologist and so she was giving us insights into how they um how she works with the uh, profilers and how she does this and that and the other and this was years ago and um she was talking to us about certain cases, including some of the things that, that her office consulted on with local PD. And in this particular case, it was a kind of a, a, it was a very interesting thing because it was a law enforcement person that had been murdered. And they had found them, I, I'm not going to give details, but um, they had found them in a place where they had obviously been lured there and they were dead. Um, next to their vehicle and, and it was just what looked like their own service revolver had been used in the 
thing. So of course that's she's just giving us how what they can assess from that. And I'm sure you've all watched enough shows so that you you know what a lot of this is. So um, she talked about the case and she talked about the victimology because they always when you're looking at a crime you want to look at who the victim was to see if it could possibly be somebody that they knew or who would have reason to kill them before you start going out. So they always look close first. And so they found that this particular person uh, was in a position of responsibility, was married to a spouse that, that was well known and just and so, and, and they seemed to be doing very well and they had a number of children and they had this and they had this and they had all these other different things going on. And then we found out as they started looking at the spouse and seeing some of the things that the spouse was doing, some of the classes that the spouse had been taking, taking within the last year or two, and just saw some of the other things that, that went on and they were tracking and were able to find, you know, so it kind of looked like it might be the person, but, you know, they didn't have that and they would have to proceed very carefully and all that. Well, one of the things that they said is that we're looking at the, the marriage and looking at the things was that this particular individual that got killed had, um, they had, I think it was five children, ten, I'm going to say ten children, and they had a lot of kids, had a house full of kids, and money was what it was, and both parents were busy, so it was, you know, they had to work together to take care of the household, and they needed a new vehicle. And so one spouse gave to the other spouse the finances, you know, or, you know, said, why don't you have the responsibility? Just go get us another vehicle so that we can carry us and, you know, our children and do it for the thing. Now, here's Crystal, myself, and another woman, a lot of women that were sitting there, and you can look over and you see the variety of skin tones and so forth, backgrounds in there. Now, here's what happened. They said that they'd had issues. Well, hold up just a minute. I want you to hear this. They had all these little issues that were going on in the house, right? And so sometimes the, the spouse, he wouldn't make the right decisions, you know, and so it kind of cost and they had to do. But he had the responsibility of going to get the new vehicle that they needed for the house, right? And, and um, so he went out and bought a Mustang convertible. And every woman in here did the exact same thing. <laughs> what happened was that a few of us that were in there listening and we had a whole lot more of the, uh, of the case than, than I'd just given to you. But what happened in the mind of pretty much every woman in there was, oh, well then he had to die. <laughs> yeah, the man missed it. <laughs> because in the woman's mind, you're just not going to do right. We... All I did, this is the Jack and the Beanstalk story. I sent you out to go take care of the cat, to sell the cow and bring the money, and you come back with beans. We sent you out to go get a minivan for the family, and you come back with a convertible. Forget it. That's it. Thank you. So every woman in here did the same thing. It's like, ah, I'm not saying she's right, but at least I understand motive now. But in the kingdom, it's not so. I can understand, I can always understand why things happen in the world the way they do. I came out of it. I understand the reasonings, like what you were bringing up about the servant and, and all. I understand making excuses. But when you have a clear signal, you have to stay with that. When the Spirit of God has said very clearly, this is what you are to do, it doesn't matter what the reasonings are in the world. It doesn't matter how they see things. You don't approach kingdom with a world point of view because a world point of view is based upon earthly, sensual, devilish, 
fleshly or carnal beliefs. It's based upon the soul that has not been saved. It is based upon what people do, not what Jesus did. In the kingdom, everything is rooted in what Jesus did. Everything is rooted in how Jesus thinks. Everything is rooted in what Jesus says. Everything is rooted in who we carry on the inside of us and who we sit in, in the heavenlies. And so we deal from a spirit to spirit place. That's why we, yes, you take precautions when you have sickness or disease, but we still have a kingdom approach to it, which is Romans 8. You can go there now, okay? That there is a new law in effect. It's not the confession that the world makes. People say, but what about how I feel? How you feel is not connected to what God said. You already know that because you can tell. Let, let me ask you a question. Let's just look at this from this perspective. When God says, forgive, do you feel like it? No. The answer is no, emphatically. Absolutely not. Now, I don't mind forgiving certain little things. It's just a little thing, okay? But a big thing is different. That fool still my money. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that, okay, because when it comes between somebody making a fool of you and somebody taking your money, I might forgive you for making a fool of me, but that, that fool took my money. And they got to be caught. And they've got to be stripped. They've got to be, they've got to pay. Because something about money, money is personal. <laughs> That's my money, okay? And what I did with your money, all right. But you, you touch my money. And when you touch my money, you touch me. You touch my shopping sprees. You touch my car payment. You touch my being able to buy my shoes. You, you, mm -mm, no, see, now this is different. Now I can forgive them. Forgive them, the principle of forgiveness. I got that part. But at the same time, let me tell you something. You see, I got to go through a, pro I ain't even going to try to be uh, Canadian and say process. I've got a process I got to go through. It's spelled P-R-A-C-E-S-S, -A, -E a process. And it's not going to be quick. When they pay me back my money, then I see about forgiving them. You see how my eyes just got all big and everything? Why? Because I've seen that attitude. Many say, you don't understand. Now every, every slaw, every slimy, Racial, as they call it, slur you want to hear, it all comes up now. Okay? Okay? I'm telling you, mm -mm, no, that, 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 mm, that, that, yeah, that summer, that, mm, <laughs> that blankety blank, <laughs> that, that, that raggedy piece of, that, I tell you what, took my money. You don't take my money. Anybody ever see that? Sister, you have to forgive him. Now, you a blankety-blank-blank kind of fool yourself. How dare you tell me what I've got to do? <laughs> it's true. Money. Well, what about the fact that they made a fool? Well, they can die for that. She can have him anyway. He a piece of, or she of, no, I don't care about that. That I care, but how you going to come in my house and steal my stuff? After everything I did, did you give him a key? <laughs> Don't give him a key. Do they know your ATM number? 
You still, you brought them in your castle. You took them on a tour. You showed them what you had. That's not my fault. And because, because they're carnal, they took it. And you were carnal to be with them in the first place. So, but it's not your fault. Oh, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, right? <laughs> okay, send those cards and letters in. This is, this is because of this particular group of people, and evidently this was our comedy moment. We're about ready to finish. We haven't even touched bitterness. But see what I'm <laughs> But if they take your money, bitterness probably just sprung up. All right. <laughs> now, I'm going to say three words that have people think I've lost my mind. Ready? It's only money. It's, it's, it's just money. Yeah, but it wasn't yours. <laughs> no, it wasn't, but it has been my money. I've had that happen. I've watched my money ride off on a bus, ride off on a bicycle, drive off in a car, just disappear from sight. I've seen it happen. He's like, well, how'd they get all that? And my, my account said, I, I've been there myself, but it's still only money. Yeah, but it was, yeah, no, it was my money. And I'm still saying it. Why? Because God's got a lot more money than, than what they took from me. And if I will let it go, forget about the principle of the thing. Get that sentence straight. It's the principle of the thing. Now, how are you so all polluting high and mighty on the principles of the ways of the world, but you won't take the principles of God and let those things work, the principles of the kingdom? Those are the principles of the thing. You want to apply the principle of the thing? Apply the principles of the kingdom to grow up into all things. So this bitterness you carry in? Yeah, but it was my best friend. I thought it was my best friend. I got thrown away by somebody I thought was my best friend. Okay? Thrown completely away. He sucked up everything through the straw, took it all, uh, everything he could get, and then threw me out like a piece of trash. Literally happened. Some of you may remember it. It's kind of funny to me. It's funny to me now because I look broken. I walked around looking tragic for three years. I flinched when I saw certain cars, careers, and everything. I was just a brittle, broken mess. Right? You saw me. It wasn't pretty. It was sad. It was sad. All I, I, I can't look at that because it reminds me of him and what he's done. So please don't think I've never been there. Oh, my God, I can't even hear about that career because I know somebody and what they did to me. Um, you know, really what it was was I felt betrayed. I was thrown away. I'm just, I'm just nothing. I'm just nothing. But I had the power because I needed what I had, and I wouldn't give it anymore. And the day that I was able to say, you know, don't call me anymore. See, I don't change my phone number. I have the same phone number I've had for about 15 years. <laughs> well, what if they call you? You don't answer. I have the power of, of command over my own phone. And I don't feel like just because somebody calls, I've got to answer the phone. It's like, I'm busy. I don't even need to block it. I'm just not going to answer it. I don't even block it. I seriously don't block the number. I don't care. Okay? I don't care. They sent me friend requests on social media. And, and social media, these things where you couldn't, in those days, you could not delete the request. You know, within two days, God had set up that I could delete the request. They had never had to delete in the four years I'd had that social media. And all of a sudden, after this person reached out to me, I was able to go trash. And I did. 
And I didn't go, yes, and this is what I think of you. I didn't even need to do all of that. Okay, why? Because in the, in the present, I could see the predatory the way, and I could see the way the Holy Spirit kept trying to tell me the truth, but I wouldn't hear him. Because I was too busy listening to my flesh. I was too busy listening to my needs. I was too busy listening to what I wanted instead of what God said. You understand what I'm saying? You got a comment? Come on. This is our last one, y'all. We get ready to sign off. Come I was just going to mention something about what you were talking about with the money. And there's two things. One, I don't remember if it was a movie or something, but I just know someone. No, okay, take it, take it with what she was saying. They said... Um, Something about what do you do with a prostitute? You don't pay them to stay, you pay them to leave. And sometimes some of the lessons that we've learned, you know, with money, you got delivered, you got it, you got, you missed something because you basically paid them to leave. God paid them through you to leave your life. And sometimes we don't realize that. But my money, my money, honey, you better. Bye. But that, that little problem. That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. But the bigger best thing is you don't have that problem in your life anymore. Like that. that has so many of those. And to be honest, the money was That's small awesome. payment. Small all payment. Right. That's number one. Number two is I heard someone say treasures. That's the problem is that money is not our treasure, mm -hmm. right? We serve the God who owns everything. I've lost a lot of things. I've, I've, I've made stupid decisions, spent money, you know, wrongly done different things where money's concerned. Back then, I valued it too much or too little, didn't handle it properly. Mm -hmm. But what God showed me was the lesson that you learned, Nicole, in your ignorance, rebellion, stupidity, whatever it was that you were doing. I've learned some expensive lessons. Let me just say that. I'm not going to put it out, on, out, out there for the media to hear. But the bottom line is God knows. A few other people know, and that's all who needs to know. But the bottom line is I got delivered of the love of money, which go. means I've had, I've had lots since lots and don't care i'll have more still not enough to what what god wants to do with me and through me why because it doesn't belong to me and it's not about me but praise god for those lessons they were painful at the time but that's because of where i was mm -hmm. so i'm just saying you know some of these things they're funny but <laughs> and sometimes they're painful at the time but in retrospect you're like bye yes. you know That's like right. some of these divorces they were painful at the time but you're like thank you jesus i know i paid 10 years but Never do it again. Never again. Never. Yeah. Now that's for people that actually learn the lesson. And we pray that after tonight's program and conversation, there are many more of us that learn the lesson. It's not worth your life to be tripping off of the dollar amount or the way somebody embarrassed you in front of people that you don't even care about. The people that care about you can see through it. You don't need your ego built up. You need your uh, capacity to forgive and to loose and to be free. And I love what she said. God paid them folks and they could be bought off that cheap. Hallelujah. You, you're glad to see them go because it wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't have that much. You know, people will fight you over $25. So really it wasn't, it wasn't that much they took. <clears throat> Most likely it wasn't. And if you was your life savings, but you're still here. So, you know, you can, you can move into a whole lot of other things. Next time we'll probably touch on bitterness, but I had more fun talking about unforgiveness today than I've had in a long time. And I want to thank you all for making it so easy. <laughs> but wasn't that fun? Seriously, you can get delivered in the, in, the, in the midst of it because what can anybody do to you that is so vile that Jesus can't redeem you from it? And the answer is nothing. And people can do some vile, evil things 
But the Bible says that you can not be, do not be overcome with evil or by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that tells you that the power of the kingdom and the power that the, in the kingdom of God, we have the power to overcome evil. That's our reality. Let's live from that place instead of from the place where evil is. I'm not telling you the evil is not real. I'm telling you that what we have in the kingdom overcomes that and brings about a different reality, the true reality of the kingdom into the lives of others. So it's 4th of July weekend coming up. And I, I, I just want to say as an American, I speak to my fellow Americans. I don't know what your ethnicity is, but I know that if you're in the kingdom, that's, that's it. You're citizen of the kingdom of God. I want you to consider not living according to your skin, but according to the true treasure, which is the word of God. That is our treasure. That's where my treasure is. Because see, when you do, you'll start seeing things that you didn't see before. You'll start understanding things that maybe had passed you by. Instead of trying to live as a Christian with a certain group of beliefs that you have because you're Christian, live as a citizen of the kingdom, live as a spirit. Because Christians, many times, we will live according to the flesh. But when we live by the Spirit, there's a lot of things we say, a lot of things we believe that we will give up. We will let it go. And we will take on the fullness of the mind of Christ and allow him to grow us up so that we can really let the world around us see the awesomeness of our God. Because they need that breath, that freshness. They need what we have. But we need to know what it is that we have and, and, and what it's to be for. So I have lots more to say, and I'll say it in other conversations. For those that are a part of our house, it is our time to receive the tithes, the offerings, the gifts, and so forth. So go ahead and do it. And we, uh, for those of you that didn't know it, we now have Cash App. So you can send it directly to the ministry um, through Cash App. You can uh, go through the, the Zelle transfer. Uh, if you're live and in person, you can do, you can do it by way of uh, cash checks and so forth. You can do all of that stuff, and we receive it, and we speak increase over you for it because we have a great love for you. You heard what Minister Nicole said, and what she said was awesome. Dude, somebody got paid to get out of your life so that you could actually now grow up and start increasing to the place. And who gives a rip if they look at you one day and say, I, I used to be with her. I, I used to be with him. Did you know that? You don't care. Why should you care? Why should you care? Seriously. Okay, somebody said, well, aren't you glad that you have all these people that are going to say, no, I'm not glad. I don't care. What I'm glad to say is I'm glad I'm in the kingdom and have all my teeth this too, okay? So I'm going to thank you so much. We do release the goodness of God over you all. We thank you so much. We speak the safety. I want to speak also for those that are traveling before I go because I want this to be live. For um, those that are traveling back to St. Louis, stand up, please, um, or any place else that you happen to be that we release in the name of Jesus over this man here and he, because he is precious to us and this is our brother and we love this man very much and he has become one of us. And so we speak that, the, that are you going by plane or are you driving? Okay, so therefore there's the safe passage angels and the protection detail that is assigned to that plane 
the mechanics and all that are there are on watch and there are angelic activity that is continuing on because a servant of the most high god and a part of the citizen of the kingdom of god is traveling so we speak that the power of the blood of jesus cleanses that plane cleanses the seat that those that are going to be flying the plane that their rest is well, that they are alert and alive, that the instruments and all the mechanical and electrical parts of the plane, they are overseen and, and, and it is what, that, that the crew, the team that is there, they perform their functions in excellence. And then they're seen by the kingdom of God to make sure that, that not one screw is out of place. We say in the name of Jesus that the cabin pressure and everything else that is needed is there, that the spirit of fear is loosed from that place and cannot enter in, that there will be no tomfoolery or foolishness or craziness that takes place, that because you are there, everyone else is safe. Your comings and your goings, whether you travel by air, by land, however it is that you go, that the power and the favor of God is with you, that you have been sent out to go do what you do, but because you're returning to the state here, we receive you back again, even as you were sent forth. And we release the same safety over all of you. You're kept safe on the roads from crazy drivers, even to and fro the airport. And when you reach your destination, that you're safe and, and secure from kamikaze, suicidal type of drivers, from road hazards, that the electrical, the mechanical, the top of the car, the bottom of the car, the front of the car, the, um, the back of the car, inside the car, outside the car, under the hood, the tires, everything, the windshield, whatever vehicle you happen to be traveling in is the safest vehicle in, in town because God, has much favor and pleasure in you, and we release the love of God in you as well. And we do the same for you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you all for joining us today. We invite you to see us on Sunday. Uh, come and be a part of us on Sunday at 1045 for Biblical Solutions for Life. Until then, on behalf of our Apostle of the House, Dr. Baker, and the minister, ministry staff, I am, and all of the members, I am Pastor Lindsay Lee, and we have really had a good time and pray that you also enjoyed tonight's Kingdom Conversation. Anybody want to say bye? Bye. Bye, and thank you so much. Good night.